0: Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. I was doing my daily reading the other day and I happened to be reading John chapter 3 and I came across this famous verse that you all know so well. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I took my phone out as I normally do and I always cross-reference the scriptures using different translations. I loved using some of the modern translations because sometimes they they put it in simple English that I can understand. And the New Living Translation brought it out so different, it popped off the page or off the phone actually when I when I listened to it. It said these words. It said For this is how much God so loved the world that he gave his only son. This is how much. You see, I know scriptures always said God loves the world. I know that he loved the world, that he sent his son. But when I saw that, this is how much, if suddenly became very personal for me. How much does God love me? How much he sent his son for me. It reminds me well, this must be going back now, uh, oh, I would say eighteen, nineteen years ago, uh, my little boys were about four or five years old, and uh, we had this game that we used to play i 'd come home from work and uh, I'd chase them around the house and we'd play. But I had a, we had a family name for it. It was called Zerbit. Yeah, you can try that at home, Zerbit. Uh, what it was, you'd, you'd take their shirt and you'd lift up their shirt. And you'd take a deep breath and you'd blow as hard as you can, like this on their tummy. And they would squeal with laughter. The little hands would go and the little feet would kick and they'd run off and I'd chase them around the house. And I'd catch them and I'd lift up their tummy and I'd expose their tummy and I'd all over and do a Zerbit all over them again. And it was my way of showing love for my boys and we'd play this game regularly when they were feeling down and i came home and i could see they were had a odd day i'd look at them and say must i zurb at you and a little smile would start to creep up on their face and all of a sudden they would bolt off and run to the bedroom because they knew that's where i grab them and i'd run after them and chase them and hold them down and i'd play with them i was showing demonstrating my love for my boys but as time went on, they grew up. And now, a good couple of years later, they were teenagers. And one of them came into the room one day and shocked me. He said, Dad, do you love me or do you like me? And I was kind of taken aback. Do do I love you or do I like you? Of course I love you. And he's, he, every, I give everything for you boys. I, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. I love you guys so much. And his response was, but you have to love me. He had this term, he says, I'm a product of your love. You have to love me, but do you like me? And what was he saying? He was saying, Dad, I need some reassurance. I need some affirmation. Just like Gordon was saying last week, "I I need to be reassured of your love for me. Do you love me or do you like me? well I'm reminded in the Bible of a story and I want want to go back to Genesis uh, chapter 15 in chapter 15 there's a story of Abram and Abram has been talking with God from uh, uh, chapter 12 onwards and and he's basically God has made him all these incredible promises and uh, God has said to him uh, you're going to be a father of a nation your name is going to be great Uh, I'm going to bless you and all the people that bless you I'm going to bless them too And you see this great land, I am going to give it to you. And Abraham says some very interesting words in chapter 15 and verse 8. And I would like to read this to you. So Abraham said to the Lord God, how shall I know it that I'm going to inherit this? And when I read those words, I thought, Abraham's basically saying, do you really love me? Are you really going to give me this? Do you love me or do you like me? Verse 18, this is God's response. God said, on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. You see, the way that God showed his love to Abraham was in the strongest form, the, only, the best way that Abram would have known, and that is of a covenant. Let me backtrack a little bit and tell you a little bit about a covenant. You see, in those days when two people would make a covenant, First thing they would do, they would come together and they would swap their, their jackets and their coats. And what they were basically saying is, I give myself to you. Whatever you have is mine. Whatever's mine is yours. Then they would take off their belt around their waist. Now, remember, that's where they would most probably have had their dagger or their weapon. So they're saying, my strength, I give to you. My ability, I give to you. My ability to work. When you need, I'm going to help you. When someone attacks you, I'm going to come and attack them. We're going to stand together on this enemy. We're going to be doing this together. Then they would take an animal and they would cut it in half and they would lay it in pieces. And I know it sounds a bit bloody, but they did this. And then they would face each other uh, back to back and they would then walk around the two pieces in the figure of eight, then facing each other. And when they stood face to face, they would then make their vows together. They would often cut themselves and and, uh, grab arms like this and allow the blood to mingle and drip down. They symbolically are saying, the two are becoming one. And if I should break these vows, I'm going to be as good as this dead animal here. The only thing that can break this covenant would be death. Once they'd done that, they would exchange names. We actually see that with Abram. God actually puts his name into Abram, Ha, and it becomes Abraham. Then once they were exchanging uh, terms of the covenant, they would say, whatever is mine is yours. You don't need to even ask. Just come and take it. It belongs to you. Then they would get together and have a celebratory meal and they'd enjoy a meal together. And lastly, they would most probably plant a tree or some memorial to remind themselves, this is a covenant that I have. Often when they had these scars on there, they would take some plant material, something and rub it into the wound so the scars are very visible. So whenever you saw someone with scars on the arms, you knew that's a covenant man. Listen, I might be able to take you on, but I'm not quite sure who you're in covenant with. And sometimes that have multiple scars or many covenants that they got. So you were very careful before you took on somebody who had scars on their arm because you knew they were a covenant person. You know, I see this in the story that we read earlier of Jesus. Just think about this for a moment. Jesus, he was the spotless lamb of God. And he was sacrificed and shed his blood for us. And then we exchanged robes. I had, I had a robe of sin and, and self-righteousness. Jesus gave me his robe of righteousness. So we made an exchange. Oh, we swapped belts too. I didn't have very much to give Jesus, but he gave me his belt. And in Ephesians, it tells us about that. Hanging from my belt now is a sword of the spirit and a shield of faith. He died on the cross that's making covenant for you and for me. Didn't he change names as well? He was God in heaven, Jesus, the word, but he became known as the son of man. And now I am called a Christian, which is Christ's one. We have exchanged names. I read, and we'll read a little later as well, where Jesus actually broke bread with his disciples and he had the last supper with them. They had that celebratory meal and that planting of a tree, the memorial, Isn't the cross of Jesus Christ where he's hanging on the cross so symbolic and a memorial to us of the covenant that we have with Jesus? Do you know what this is telling me? God is saying, this is how much I love you. I'm prepared to not only send Jesus, but make a covenant with you. For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son to die for you and make a covenant with you. Isaiah 53, I want to have a look at that quickly, and you should see the scripture on on your screen. Verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs, and translated sickness, he carried our sorrows and pain, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquity. I love reading this again. Let's read in a more modern, uh, the New Living Translation. And I want to emphasize two two people here. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sin. But no, he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sin. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. We have all left God's path to follow our own. And yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. You know, God could have, well he didn't. Thank God he didn't send an email to say, I love you. He didn't send us a text. He didn't send us some WhatsApp group thing. He actually sent us the best that heaven had to offer. He sent his son, Jesus. And he's sending his son Jesus to say, I love you. But you might say, well, he kind of like has to love us. He created us. You know, we were all in the greatest sense, the children God created. But does he like me? (laughs) Well, the answer is yes. You see, Jesus could have come and died on the cross and said, right, guys, I've done it. I've paid the price for your sin. I'm off. I'm going back to heaven. I'm going to see you on the other side. Have a nice life. I'll see you when I see you. But he didn't. He said, I like you. I want to read this again, and i got it here in John chapter 14. And I want to read verse 20 to you. It says this, And in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Jesus didn't just go. He says, I'm going to come and live in you. Look on three more verses. Go down to verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my words and my father will love him. The heavenly father will love him. And we, the heavenly father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, will come to him and make a home with him. Oh, when I accept Jesus, I'm not just accepting the forgiveness of sin. Yes, I'm forgiven of sin. I'm so thankful for that. But the Heavenly Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they come and they're inside of me. They want to be with me. Oh, isn't that fantastic? I've got good news for you this morning. Jesus likes you as well as loves you. In Hebrews, it says, I will never forsake you. Never, ever, ever forsake you. I'll never leave you without support or give you up. That's fantastic words. He wants to be with us. As we close off, I'm reminded of Revelation 3.20. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's the door of your heart. And if you'll open up, I will come in. Why? Because I like you. And I love you. And I will have a meal with you. And that to me signifies the, the covenant meal. Today, You might not know Jesus. Maybe you've been living without him. Maybe you haven't been tapping into the covenant terms of agreement that we have with Jesus when he died for us. When he died, he said, by my stripes you can be healed. When he died, he says, my blood is a new covenant. I will wash away your sin. Maybe you've been living all on your own. Jesus today is knocking on your heart saying, I love you and I like you. I'd like to come and be with you. Will you open up your heart and let Jesus in?